Welcome back to our Sourced podcast for 2022. have to remember to say 22. Oh, yeah, I know. And it's a delayed podcast because like everyone else, we've been impacted by COVID-19. Jordan McDonald. Yes. Welcome back. What's your COVID-19 story? Oh, I was struck down by COVID like so many around me as well. It was a, uh, I believe... Someone, well, COVID infiltrated a, a New Year's Eve barbecue and it uh, took us all down. So, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty low week there. But, How uh, did you back, feel? Was, back it, was, it, was it knock you around? Uh, it did a little bit. It certainly uh, wasn't horrendous, but um, thankfully I'm vaccinated. But, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a pretty miserable week. Certainly wouldn't want to do it again anytime soon. Well... We're glad you're back. Welcome. It's good to be back. Yes, and we did promise before Christmas when we did our year in review that we would do a bit of a preview for 2022, what to expect. So Indeed. that's what we're going to do. Rather yep. than the week in review, we're going to look ahead a bit to yeah. the year coming up mm. and what we may see. We're making predictions in the last couple of years has been difficult, of course, given COVID. It has been very difficult. It's never stopped us making them though? No, definitely not. We've got to keep going. That's right. So we'll go again with what we think are in the world that we move in, in the world of audience engagement, what we think are some of the things to watch for this year. Now, number one, I really think it's the year we're going to see the consumer regaining power. Now, we've spoken for a while and on this podcast about the power of the consumer and probably about you know, 10 years ago or so when the consumer really got the idea that they were in charge. Mm. For so long, the consumer had to watch what was on TV when the handful of TV stations uh, made their programming public. They mm. had to get their job ads, their real estate ads from the newspaper. There wasn't much choice. The movies came out in the movie cinema and then you had to wait six months for them to come out on uh, the old VHS run to the video store and get them. Yeah. Now you have the luxury to watch pretty much what you want when you want. Plus you also had social media emboldening people. So my opinion could be out there straight away to a whole bunch of people. So this all combined yeah. to be yeah. the era of the consumer. Now the last two years, I think we've seen that take a little bit of a backseat in the sense that COVID's come out of nowhere and the currency has been among experts. We've really had to listen to experts to try and tell us what's been happening mm -hmm. because we just didn't know. So the expert rose. Now, of course, we know some people didn't listen to the experts anyway. They make up their own minds. That's it, yeah. Happy to take them yeah. on. But it's been a way when people have had to take a bit of a back seat and listen to the advice, take it in and make their own decisions. We've been with COVID two years now. We've got this latest wave, which we're getting our heads around. But I think people feel pretty literate with COVID now. They feel as though they know enough about it to start to tread a bit more confidently through it. So I expect that this is a year we'll see the consumer start to raise again in the sense of being more confident and then what that impact will be then for people trying to get messages through. But... What would you make of that, Jordan, in terms of where you see that consumer power? I agree. I think we are far more uh, progressed now. I think we are very COVID literate. 
and just in general with our understanding of how the vaccines like the, the amount of science that goes into the reporting on a daily basis now we've all uh, been pretty well educated if you've been keeping up with it well listen you talk at you know social functions now and you drop yeah. in some of those terms oh, i know which people previously wouldn't yeah. drop in. Exactly right. And medical terms are now pretty commonplace. That's exactly right. And, you know, with people who are vaccinated, uh, there is the, the, des- the desire to want to really trust in the fact that you got vaccinated. So that with the, the becoming literate with it, with it all, I think, yeah, it's, it's that time. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And I guess what audiences decide to do in terms of how they'll take in content and how they'll make their decisions. But one part that you want to look at, which comes off the back of this a bit, um, is to do with creators of content. Yes, I have three sort of predictions for the year ahead that sort of vary across social media, digital media and just general things. Um, And the first one I wanted to point out was, I think, creators and that creator content is going to really grow dramatically this year. So user-created content um, is what I think will happen and I think businesses should really try and lean into it this year. So COVID, as we've spoken about endlessly for, for weeks, uh, it, it gave birth to a heap of content creators because lockdowns meant people had to find other ways to entertain themselves or make money. So people discovered that filming themselves, doing stuff that they really like talking about things they know a lot about or sharing an honest opinion or review of a product or experience is actually very interesting to people. And the likes of TikTok coming along too and helping push some of that out. Absolutely. So what businesses are just now really starting to realise is that this style of content is actually very effective. Uh, It's a really effective way to communicate with your audiences. And at the same time, these creators are starting to really understand the potential benefits of creating regular content and building an audience around that. It can actually become quite lucrative. So, you know, brands like Lululemon and GoPro have really sort of led the way in this user-created content space. Lulu had the hashtag The Sweat Life, which tracked people uploading photos, working out in their gear. And GoPro has over 40 million videos on YouTube of people who've used the GoPro. So there's a lot of data out there that supports it. So 79% of consumers say that user-created content impacts their purchasing decisions. They find it 10 times more impactful than influencer content. So not long ago, probably a year or so ago, influencers used to really drive this area because, you know, that's what... it's now become so saturated people really don't tune into it anymore. Yep. They see it as very spammy. Uh, and artificial a bit too. Yeah, I think they, they can see through it. 90% of people also turn to the people they know for referrals or recommendations more than any other source. So despite all this, all this information, all these stats, it's estimated that only 16% of brands have a user-created or user-content strategy in place so i think it's a it's a great space to consider for your marketing this year probably ties into with what we spoke about about the consumer not having the power uh, years ago and that meant if you wanted to create content video content in particular you had to have a video camera which is really expensive you had to mess around with editing machines especially with the vhs tapes i mean it was expensive Mm. so 
if someone was producing video content, it was generally a professional thing. That's it. Uh, or otherwise it was pretty amateurish for your family and to watch on family movies. But it's so easy now, isn't it, to produce video? That's it. Everyone's got a phone. So you quite literally pull it out, film what you're doing, film what you think, and that's it. It's out there. You can put it out there in an instant and that's peer review at its finest. Everyone can look. It's an automatic review and you go from there. Well, I wonder if any of the federal political parties have that uh, user-created strategy going on, the user content strategy there, because it is the year of a federal election. We know it has to be held by some date in March. So in looking at the year ahead, it's hard in the space we play in to not think about what impact federal elections will have and get ready for those ads for the election. Oh, the ads, yes. They'll seep in. Oh, goodness. I know we have ad blockers and so forth now on different browsers but still they'll get in you can't they'll get not in. see yeah 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 especially with Clive Palmer spending his of course the endless pit of money so that will be a big thing the the election and probably from our viewpoint the thing to look for is that power of the consumer i think has a role to play in what happened in the last federal election when let's face it it was a shocker for the Canberra political gallery they just pretty much got it wrong as to who would win the election and quite badly, mm-hmm. thinking that uh, Scott Morrison's days were done and Labor would win quite steadily. And as we saw on election night, that didn't go to plan for them. And also for polling companies, these political pollsters who s- try to chart the pulse of the nation and work out who's going to win the election as well. It's been a pretty average few years for some of them mm-hmm. when they haven't predicted it despite the expense in trying to work out what the polling is. So I'll be interested to see just whether these different, I guess, gauges on the nation, that is our press gallery and our pollsters, will they really get their heads around what people are thinking? Will they really understand what, I guess, the nation is thinking? And I've got an easy way to do that, uh, get out and talk to people. Right. Because... It's always been the best way to try to get a gauge on what people are thinking. And in the end, the poll on the night does show us those election results. So, And it depends as well on, again, it's not just we talk here about uh, free-to-air TV stations trying to get people to watch things, you know, trying to use uh, live sport, reality TV to keep people engaged. Political parties also have to try to get the attention of audiences in a time when it's not easy to do that. So, And I'm guessing that you and your friends don't sit around all the time talking about who you're going to vote for? No, certainly not. We, we don't at all. The, the, the most buzz the, the election gets for us is probably election night and uh, that's because it's all over the news and social media commentary is just spiked. So that's generally when we really tune in. Uh, even voting is something we sort of keep to ourselves. No one's really interested to know and... That's just how it is for us. Yeah, so I think you can't look at 2022 without thinking about how a federal election can impact the way that the year goes for audience engagement. Plus, Jordan, it's getting pretty clear you can't talk about the year ahead without talking about crypto. It's everywhere. Yes, I was going to ask you, I don't know... uh if you'd heard about crypto, NFTs and that so much as even a year ago, but it is everywhere. So NFTs, crypto, metaverse, they're all that internet slang at the moment, but 
this won't pass as a phase. It's it's actually only just getting started. So I can see a lot of people making their first crypto or NFT purchase this year because it's only become more accessible in the last 12 months. And the awareness has increased enormously in that time as well, thanks to announcements like Mark Zuckerberg's Metaverse rebrand. And in particular, Crypto.com's numerous partnerships, you know, two being the the renaming of the famous Staples Centre. Yeah, which we spoke about in a previous episode. Y- yes, and then the more recent one for Australia actually is the partnership with the AFL and the AFLW, which will mean it's a five-year deal. It's quite a lucrative deal, about $25 million over the five years. And um, it's exclusive naming rights to the uh, AFL score review for the the regular season and the finals. So They are really spending, aren't they? They are really spending a lot of money. So I reckon there'll be a lot of people who are looking at uh, crypto and NFTs this year. I know a lot of people that have uh, jumped in more recently in the last 12 months because of all, everything going on, but I know a lot of people will start looking at this as, a, as an investment option as well. So there are well-established markets for NFTs already, and there's plenty of exchanges for cryptos as well that are making it very easy for people to get involved, and it's only getting easier. So, yeah, and we uh, saw the front page of the Financial Review. One of them this week was uh, crypto currency being the lead story, and we were talking about this earlier. And at the time we were, an email arrived for the Financial Review's cryptocurrency summit. So, yeah, it, it seems like something we're going to hear a lot more about and also people will understand a lot more because there's still a fair bit of, uh, I guess, a number of people who don't really have their heads around what it is. Yeah, certainly not. There's a lot of it that is very confusing. It's, it's, it's a relatively new concept still. Um, but the things that are drawing people in mainly are that the, the economy of it all is decentralised and that, for me, at the start was even very confusing. So instead of... You know, if you want to purchase an asset or a digital asset, uh, you have to centralise would be going through a middleman. And whereas decentralised, it's just you deal with that person or that, that asset one-to-one. So that's very short and sweet of how that works and what that means. And if uh, crypto.com could just get the Lakers to play a bit better, they might get more return on that oh, investment. I know, absolutely. They need all the help they can get out there at the moment. It's not been a good time. The last one of our five things to look at for 2022 is one you have mentioned many times, but it's worth mentioning again. Yeah, it's very short to see, but I mention it every year and it still has the same value, video. If you haven't made use of video yet, then you're actually falling behind. Video makes up most of the content we see on social media today. 94% of brands actually say they've acquired new customers from video content. 50% say it's their most valuable content type and 85% of users want more video from brands. So need I say more? Think about content. Like Think about your content coming up for the year or even this week. If there's something in there that could be converted into a video format, give it a go. No harm. And as we said, it's easy to produce now. You just it's get the It's very phone. easy to produce. Yep, phone out of the pocket and you can shoot, you can edit, you can make something look good. And we know too that audiences don't expect to have video that is Oscar winning potential. No, in fact, it's quite the opposite. The, the less polished it is, the more authentic it is. And people really appreciate that. 
Um, so yeah, there's definitely value. Just get the phone out, have a crack. Because in the end, audiences still want to see a bit of authenticity. That's right. People like real people and real reactions to things. So I think, yeah, get the phone out, have a crack. Right, so that's our look at 2022. Yes. We'll revisit that as the year goes on, I'm yeah, sure. we'll see how good these predictions are <laughs> a little <laughs> later knows? on. That's right. Who knows what will happen in 2022. We've got some good guests coming up on our Source podcast yes. as the year goes on. We've got a good guest who's uh, I think we're going to interview next week Yeah, and have that uh, done. Thanks to the feedback on Professor John Fraser on his podcast. We might even go back to John and just check in how the oh, last few weeks have that. been. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, with COVID much more prevalent in our hospitals now around the place. Mm. And then we'll be back to look at the week in review in a week's time. Indeed. Back to the regular schedule. Enjoy the week. You too.